Welcome to The Lead. I'm Nate Bramel. On today's episode of The Lead, I talk with CNN's Kathy Farr and Lucas Myre. Farr is the Senior Director of Mobile Applications at CNN, and in 2015, she was honored as an Atlanta Mobile Star, and she has spent decades working with emerging technologies within the journalism field. Myre has worked as a reporter for numerous outlets, including the Weather Channel, before getting into the more technical side of journalism, which eventually led him to work for mobile applications at CNN. And today's episode, I have a really interesting talk with both Kathy and Lucas about emerging media, such as virtual reality, and also about what it's like to prepare for a job that doesn't even exist yet within the journalism field. Here's our conversation. We wanted to start just a little bit talking with where you guys got to where you are today and CNN and just working with mobile technologies in the way that you did. So I actually started out my career with Bell South International back in 1992, way back in the day, and I was a receptionist, I answered the phone. But that was actually my introduction into mobile technology because we were buying and selling cellular licenses throughout the world. Um, I basically have just always stayed with mobile. I volunteered for jobs that nobody else wanted. Um, I started working on the internet when nobody knew what that was. The company sent me to Georgia Tech for six months to learn how to do HTML. So I started doing the website. From there, I started doing wireless internet. They were just looking for somebody who would learn that. So I went out to Seattle and learned how to do wireless internet for six months and really just uh, kept doing mobile applications from there. So I worked for Bell South for 13 years. Um, then I worked for the Weather Channel for seven and now I've been at CNN for seven. And now I'm the Senior Director of Mobile Applications at CNN. Yeah, so I got my start actually as a journalist and a writer and over time became uh, sort of mirroring what Kathy was saying. I became the person who took on the things that no one else wanted to do. So uh, a newspaper I worked at, for instance, got a website and um, they were like, who, who wants to manage this? We don't have time for it. So I was really interested in, in computers. My dad had bought me a computer when I was really young that you actually had to program because he was like, this is the future. So I, I was always really interested and comfortable with that. So um, I got that experience and then parlayed that into a job as a writer and producer at the Weather Channel, which I did for a while until I moved into the more technical side and uh, user side of, of the business as a product manager for our video and breaking news sections on the website, which was really exciting for me at the time. And then I, I shifted gears back to doing content content strategy for WebMD and then if, um, started working in the mobile space, was very interested in, in that and, and moved into that at WebMD and then um, saw an opportunity at CNN and, and moved over and uh, have been learning a ton and so excited to be there. Just off the bat, something that seems really interesting, like. I think in journalism, in the journalism field in general, but especially with what you guys are doing, it seems that the technology you guys are looking at is always evolving. Like once you find like something, once you start to like kind of master a type of technology, it seems like there's always like a new one that's coming out. Tell me what's, what, what is that like? Like what does it look like month to month and what you're working on? And is it a very, very quickly changing field? 
It's very quickly changing. You often feel like you're drowning. There's so many new things that are coming your way. And, you know, we start out every year with a roadmap and what we think that we're going to accomplish during that year. And it's always kind of funny to look look at it in December and look at what you thought you were going to be doing because your roadmap map is maybe good for about three months and then things are going to change. There's going to be something new that comes out. There's going to be AR kit like in iOS 11 or there's going to be new VR opportunities and things and you want to react to that. Our challenge is really choosing what we're going to go after, things that um, we think eventually are going to be a big audience driver, they're going to give us a lot of users, um, and things that we can experiment with. So it, it's always fun to see what's coming down the road. Yeah, and especially with VR, it's it's very rapidly changing, and um, things that you know I thought we would be for sure doing by the end of the year, you know, now we're we're they've either changed or we're adding on to them or they're growing and, and they just kind of morph as you as you start working on them. Let's talk a little bit more, like you said, like the virtual reality, the VR um, technologies, like what has CNN done? Like what, what are you guys trying to do? Just bring CNN into that realm of technology. So we were a launch partner with Google's Daydream platform and we have a standalone app that's on, on that device. Um, and we're working on other things, but we also on our core apps have 360 video, which allows almost anyone who has a mobile phone to be able to experience 360 video and which is which is what we tend to think of as VR in the new space. And um, and so we, we keep looking for opportunities to grow that footprint and to get more viewers exposed to it and comfortable with the technology. And, um, and continue to consume it. This is one of the reasons why I think a lot of smaller companies are becoming bigger than the old traditional media companies is that whole kind of concept of, okay, we need to meet the user on the platform they're using. We, we, we need to start meeting them there. How often do you find it changing um, for you guys when you're trying to find these new technologies? Or how do you determine like whether it be something like Snapchat, I know CNN has a fairly successful mm -hmm. presence on Snapchat or apps like that. Mm -hmm. When do you guys determine and how do you figure out, okay, the most people are at this app, we need to start developing towards this? We try not to wait until most people are there. We actually do try to be there fairly early. It really, um, there's business factors that go into it. I mean, obviously um, we're not a charity. We are in business to make money. So we want to see if it's something that we can monetize, even if not right away, if we could monetize it in the future. And also we're always trying to attract and grow our audience. I mean, we're not, um, to probably your generation of people, we're kind of your daddy's news network and we're trying to make sure that we're expanding and so that we're relevant to younger consumers who actually come to us by choice, not because it's what their dad makes them watch over dinner. Is there a particular type of technology or certain thing that CNN has been very successful in in the last couple of months or couple of years that maybe they've even led other news companies in? I think as far as VR, we're, we're definitely a leader in the news space. Um, there are a handful of competitors um, out there, but we definitely um, are are one of the vanguards in that arena and pioneering storytelling. We just did a, a major eclipse event where we had live 360 shots, um, basically tracing the the whole path of the eclipse from one side of the nation to the other, which was had never really been done before. And so that was really cool. And we're always looking for opportunities to push both the technology and also the storytelling. And I think an example of pushing the storytelling is we have a, a sister brand called Great Big Story, and it's actually a whole different kind of um, experience. It's a video experience, but it's more of a cinemographic kind of, um, uh, of interest story, and we've actually done really, really well with that. So we are trying to, to push our storytelling boundaries as well as our technology boundaries. 
That's interesting as well to me because I know whether it be a medium like Snapchat or something, obviously like the the attention span of the reader is a lot shorter. They want to see like a quick snappy video, things like that. How do you guys as CNN, how how do you guys shape the content towards this new device, like the the actual content of the story itself? It's a challenge. I mean, you know, historically we're a broadcast company, so um, they, there's there's kind of a very defined cycle to how a, a broadcast news story goes. You have the lead in where it's, you know, you might have Wolf Blitz or somebody saying, hey, breaking in Syria, and then you'll have the video, and then, then you have the close to it. And then we kind of evolved from that to having um, CNN.com, which was really long read articles. But then as we got into mobile, we knew that attention spans were lower. So um, people wanted just kind of the headlines and they would take a deep dive if there was of interest. But I think we, it's a continuing journey with our editorial staff to learn which storytelling style is appropriate. And so the editors don't really um, jump from platform to platform. For example, our Snapchat editors write for nothing but Snapchat. Our Great Big Story editors write for nothing but Great Big Story. So we look for particular talent in our editorial pool and then we, we put them in the appropriate platform. So that's really interesting to me as well. I think even going forward, like you said, Snapchat writers writing particularly for Snapchat. As students are coming up into this new role of journalism, do you think that's going to be a continuing thing like specific writers for each type of platform? Or do you think it's very important to like continue being able to write every every single kind? Or? I think if I were coming up, um, I would give myself the advice to just be able to write super well and to be adaptive with your ability to, to tell a story. Um, I think that you'll you will find a niche, you know, as you as you go through it, you'll 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 figure out what works for you and for your storytelling type and and go after that. But I wouldn't say go be a Snapchat writer. I would say, you know, you might want to be um, I'm sure they have names for it in the field, but you might want to be a short story writer or you might want to be um I think they actually use the numbers like less than two hundred, you know, whatever it is. Um, but I think that you'll find it. I think you've got to be a good writer. I think that some of the struggles that we are having now with some of our editors, quite frankly, and is just basic writing skills, you know, uh, typos mm -hmm. and, and being succinct and making sense. And um, it's a challenge. One thing that did interest me, because you both said it and kind of where you got to where you are now, is a little bit of that idea. Some of it is risk taking, but also you said you guys kind of just pursued the jobs that no one else kind of wanted to take or the job where you're like that's kind of harder that's really not what we know yet yeah. um but it's obviously paid off because that's exactly where journalism is heading but what advice like what was your mindset in those moments what made you want to take that risk like what made you keep going in those moments for me it was just um i was hungry i mean i had to have a job so like you know more than anything it was i wanted to keep my job um secondly was i wanted to stay relevant i knew I knew what I knew, but I didn't know what I didn't know. And I wanted to know what I didn't know. And I figured the worst that happened is that I expand my skill set. If I don't use it, that's fine. But I have these other skills that are available to me. Should I ever need them? So to me, it was really, it was um, security. The more you learn, the better employee you are. The more things that you can do, the more valuable you are. You're, you're more hireable. Yeah, and I, I remember just, you know, hearing someone say that, you know, you should always do do windows, you know, like you should never feel like there's something that, you know, if your boss asks you to do to to try to stretch and and maybe grow from it or, or learn from it. But, you know, I was always interested, you know, I loved to write. And then as I got more interested in writing, then, you know, I learned about television and then I got interested in television. And then as I started doing television, I was like, wow, the web, you know, I really got interested in the web and then doing the web for a while. Then I was like, oh my God, mobile's where it's at. So it keeps moving. And I think 
you know, a lot of journalists are curious people by, by nature. And that's how I am. I'm, I'm very excited. Like when Kathy and I talked about me doing VR, it was, it was, I was like, that's new. That's something I've never done before. And the business needs someone to support that. So I'm happy to, to, to learn and to grow. And I think it keeps you young. It keeps you relevant and just keeps you employed. A lot of people right now in school are training for jobs that don't exist right now. Jobs that are going to be around maybe in 10 years from now. And that's honestly like what you were just saying, Lucas, is that's exactly where you ended up with VR. Like what advice would you give to students maybe right now? Like how would you say to prepare best for a job that doesn't yet exist? That doesn't yet exist or won't exist in 10 years. I think the trick is really that a lot of the jobs that you think that you're preparing for won't be there in 10 years. Um, you know, they, they have algorithms now that can write stories. So where does the journalist fit into there? So I think the more that you can be spherical in your knowledge and the more that you can bring to the table, the more valuable you're going to be. My job won't exist in 10 years. Like, make no bones about it. Like, they won't need somebody. My job is really to direct the, the development of the product. I'm really just kind of overseeing the people who are doing things. There probably won't be a need for that in 10 years. So what am I going to do in 10 years? You know, how am I going to prepare myself for that? I think it's a question for everybody, not just journalists. I think you just you keep learning, you keep doing, you do the best you can. You'd be better than everybody else. You stay later, you come earlier, you work harder, and you put your heart and soul into it, and you win. Yeah, and, and staying open to those opportunities and kind of following following your interests and following where your path is taking you. Um, I think that that'll really set you up for just navigating that, which is exactly what you're saying, which is that you know jobs we think might be there um, won't even be there. It was, you know, like I couldn't have, I couldn't have gone to school back when I went to school for, for a job in VR because it didn't even exist or the web or the mobile, none of that. So um, I just stayed open to possibilities and opportunities and had a scrappy attitude. And, yeah, yeah. Strategy. For a closing question in a way, in your best estimate, what do you think the job in journalism, like what do you think that's shifting towards? What do you think that will look like? I think it's being able to tell the entire story. I think you can get an algorithm that can write you a paragraph, but what you can't do is get have an algorithm that makes you experience something and feel something. And I think that's what's cool about what Lucas and I are doing and the technology that we're exploring is to really put someone in that moment to make them feel, to elicit a response from somebody. You're never gonna get that from a machine and that's what people are gonna bring to it. So if you have that ability, again, I'll say it, to, to think spherically and to pull the people into that sphere and let them experience what you know, you're gonna be successful. I think, yeah, bringing your your experiences to work. I, I once wrote a blog for the Weather Channel because I'm from South Louisiana and we were having a lot of hurricanes. It was around Katrina. And so I started writing a series about what it was like to be watching, you know, where I grew up kind of go underwater. And, and the president of the company actually came by my desk and said, you're, you're doing what we want this brand to do, which is to touch people and to impact them with with stories and make them feel like we're not this business. We're actually we're we're something that um, you're a part of. And um, I think that the more you can tell a story well and touch people or relate it to them, um, you know, I used to have to write these stories that were very scientific or, or, you know, they were space stories or they were like, I'm not a meteorologist, but I wrote about meteor meteorological things. And so to try to like break those down into relatable, accessible 
nuggets of information for people. I think, you know, just being able to, to kind of uh, write simply, but also um, with empathy. And and um, I think that's a really uh, good thing to have in your arsenal of, of tools. Would you say that specifically working at the Weather Channel really shaped either what you were passionate about or like really helped you prepare for where you're at now more than like any other job? I'm just curious, and it might not be, I'm just curious about well, the link of the For me, channel. that was where I really started working with applications and learning how to translate data into utility. So like to take things and get them in front of people in a way that they would use on a daily basis and it would make sense to them. So I think I probably learned more at the Weather Channel about mobile and mobile space than anywhere, but it was also kind of that time too, is when it was really kind of coming into its own and becoming a real boy for lack of a better word. But it was, it was really, it turned into a real thing and I just happened to be in a great place to be part of it, not just a, um, just a viewer of it. I was actually a participant and that's when I got to the Weather Channel. Yeah, for me, I, I learned that, you know, we were a small team on the digital side covering news and I learned that nothing in your career is wasted. So all those different experiences I had had at the TV station or the newspaper or just writing, um, whenever, you know, job cuts happened or anything like that, I was able to stay relevant because I could produce a video and I could write a story and I could like shape, shape something. Um, and then, um, also getting the opportunity to learn more about the technology was was huge. So it was a lot about where it came in my career um, that it was important to me, um, but definitely showed me that if you work really hard and, and um, put a lot of um, effort into what you're doing, you can, you can usually make a, a mark or at least head in the direction that you wanna go. Thank you guys so much again for coming in today. I appreciate it so much. Absolutely. Fun. I enjoyed it, thank yeah, you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Lead. This episode was produced by Nate Bramel and Noel Lashley with the help of Keith Herndon, director of the Cox Institute at the University of Georgia. For more episodes, find us on Twitter at The Lead Podcast.